when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm speaking to you after yet another Game 1 loss. Yes, um, you know, all this talk about the Raptors being different, and they are different in some ways. It's fundamentally the same in other ways, but... uh, yeah, another game one loss. Um, actually, just finished recording the uh, Raptors post game live show. You should definitely listen to that. I believe that's also going to be on um, the same Raptors over everything audio feed, so you can find that there. I thought uh, Vivek and Katie and uh, Ahmed all gave some very reasonable thoughts on the game, and I was there too. But it just felt like a little bit unfinished, so I wanted to continue doing the podcast as well. And uh, on a game like this where the Raptors Drop game one yet again. Um, it was one of those games, and it's one of those things that were like the worst part about losing game one. Um, is the fact that you just have to dread for the next X number of days until the Raptors play again. That's going to be Tuesday, game two will be Tuesday. Um, you just have to think all of Sunday, all of Monday, and all of Tuesday leading up that oh my god, can the Raptors please just get a win and get back even in the series? Because you know, the Raptors have been in this spot before, obviously, with different teams, and and kind of it feels like the same themes happen every year obviously the most obvious theme is Kyle Lowry struggling um I have a direct memory of being in Jurassic Park 2017 one of the honestly one of the worst feelings I've ever had as a Raptors fan you know Raptors were playing the Bucks um they had just gotten PJ Tucker they had just gotten Serge Ibaka for the playoff run and they were playing good basketball Kyle Lowry's coming back from injury at exactly the right time and it felt like all right, they're going to go play the Bucks, and things are going to be good. Game one of that series, I have a very vivid memory, all right? It was rainy. It was cold. Um, Jurassic Park was still pretty lively, but there was also one of those nights where, you know, the Leafs were playing on the same day, and so there were a lot of Leafs fans. When the Raptors were down at halftime, Leafs fans were chanting, let's go Leafs, switch the TV and stuff like that. And it was very annoying, first off, to, to have to hear that because, you know, you would hope that the two fan bases would support each other. But, no, it didn't happen, so – it was annoying, and uh, it was even more annoying because late down the stretch, it became completely apparent to me that Kyle wasn't going to have anything that game. He had four points that night, shot 33 – sorry, he shot two of 11 from the field. That's 18%. Oh, six from three, just like tonight. And, uh, and the Raptors lost by, you know, 14 points. You know, that one was a blowout. This one, obviously, was a close game that ended a little bit unluckily for the Raptors. But – um you know, I just remember feeling so terrible because I had to go and write in depth about how Matthew Dellavedova outscored Kyle. And, uh, you know, fast forward two years, Kyle's role is different. You know, all the talk at practice, especially on Thursday, was, oh, you know, Kyle's on a different role. You know, uh, you know, Pascal's going to score and Mark's going to score and Kawhi's obviously going to score. Danny's going to be a knockdown shooter. And all Kyle needs to do is just, you know, fill in where he where he can get it. And then when Kyle was asked about this, Kyle was like, yeah, you know, I could score. It's really just, you know, the other options are also there. So, you know, I try to play my part and do whatever the team needs me to do. The team needs you to score. Not even like 
20 points, not 30 points, not even 15, not even 10 points, uh, 5 points. Can you score 5 points? The guy had 0 points tonight. 0 of 7 from the field, 0 of 6 from the three-point line, 0 of 2 from the free throw line. That's when you know it started getting to him a little bit just because Kaz is usually a very good free throw shooter. In a normal game, you wouldn't see him miss back-to-back free throws. The man had 0 points. Like, I don't even know. Like, as a Raptors fan, like, you know, defending Kyle Lowry is an identity. And also, it's a duty, really, because Kyle has done so much to propel this entire run for the Raptors. Obviously, the Raptors have gotten better pieces since. He's no longer the best player. But he's still been very effective for the Raptors. His plus-minus is always great. Even if you look at it tonight, he's a plus-11. Although, I would really, really, really... Uh, challenge that one tonight just because you know I mean plus minus whatever it's what it is it's just a fact but um, you know I don't think he was directly involved in many of those pluses I'll say that much he definitely faded in importance as the game went on when it was clear that his shot wasn't working he started fading away from the offense it was mostly uh, Pascal running it and and uh, Mark operating and you know Kawhi operating and that's one of the luxuries you have with this team is that you know you have a lot more uh, playmaking and a lot more play creation uh, as, as compared to previously where Kyle had to do a lot of it. But at the same time, it, you know, this whole game boils down to the Kyle Lowry had zero points. Like the man had zero points. And like, it's not even the first time this season he had zero points, right? Like this game was very similar to that Bucks game that the Raptors lost at the ACC uh, or sorry, at Scotiabank, um, you know, where, most of the other players were playing enough. You know, the defense was there. It was solid against the Bucs, and it was a tight game. And then at the end, when you looked at the box, so you thought, wow, the Raptors lost by two, and a lot of that was Kyle having zero points, and he had zero points again. Now, granted, part of the reason why Kyle had zero points against the Magic and why Kyle had zero points against the Bucs, so the Bucs and the Magic play similarly defensively. Um, they put a longer defender on him. They put Fournier on him. Um, you know, and uh, and the Magic really do a good job of backing up and um, taking away the rim. So Kyle's not even a good driver anymore at this point in this career anyway. But um, when you also put Vucevic on uh, directly just under the rim, having him, you know, park there, just like how Brooke Lopez would for the Bucks, it's hard for Kyle to get to the rim. He's six foot tall. He's not really going to finish over a seven footer. And uh, he's not going to take the mid-range shot. And, you know, if the three isn't dropping, that's all of his offense. That's all, This is where it's gone to with Kyle. Like, all of his offense is threes. Like, he's like he's like Patty Mills doing some Marcus Smart things out there. That That's really what Kyle's game has come down to. And um, it was just it was just jarring. Like, I, I, like I'm saying, like, I recognize that, you know, it's a tough defense to expect a point guard to score against. But, again, I mean, ultimately, we're talking about Evan Fournier – and Nick Vucevic, all right? Um, and we're talking about an all-star point guard. Now, we know Kyle's past his prime. The man has zero points still. Like, zero points is not acceptable. Like, it's just not. And you could pull down a lot of other things. The man had zero points. So I'm sorry I'm repeating that. I, 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 to me, there's a lot of mistakes that, that went on tonight, and I will explain the other ones, but the main one is Kyle had zero points. And you just can't live with that. Your, your highest-paid player on the team, um, it doesn't matter what role he's playing, any player – Unless it's Bismack Biombo, like any player, it's in, it's they're not playing the role if they have zero points. And Kyle didn't play his role tonight, and you know the Raptors lost. Yeah, you know, but um, it's not entirely on Kyle. Like I said, um, I think Nick Nurse is at fault here as well, just because um, a I don't think the Raptors are mentally prepared to play this game. Um, I think they came out in the first quarter a little bit and took Orlando's 
first punch, um, but I don't think they played with the same intensity as Orlando. Orlando played much more desperately, much more aggressively, much more um, crisp with the way they executed. Like, for example, when I mean crisp, I mean, like, you know, they knew exactly how the Raptors were going to guard them, right? Like, off the bench, for example, they knew that the Raptors would blitz Terrence Ross and double him and trap him, which is a good idea, I think, because that bench doesn't really score well outside of Ross, and Ross shot 2 of 11 because the Raptors trapped him. That's fine. But the Magic also saw the Raptors trap Ross in uh, on April 1st, the fourth game of the season series, and so they prepared for that, right? And so Ross is you know, quick to give up the ball, and they rotated the ball. And, you know, say what you want about guys like Wes Wundu hitting a three or Michael Carter-Williams hitting two or three from three, but, like, at least they moved the ball really well. And Ken Birch got to the rim, and, um, you know, they were able to actually anticipate what the Raptors were going to do and out-execute them. And uh, they were prepared for it. Whereas the Raptors, it just didn't look like they were prepared to play with the playoff style of intensity. Now, granted, you know, the Magic have been playing for their lives for two months. And the Raptors have basically just been playing the Knicks and the Bulls and the Hornets and the Timberwolves and, you know, whatever. It's It's been a slew of garbage teams. So it's hard to, you know, consistently come up with intensity. However... They didn't have really had they didn't they didn't match that intensity, especially the bench unit. You know, Serge did his best to grab some rebounds, and uh, you know you can't really fault him there. But like you know, they just they just weren't there in in terms of um, boxing out. There was like uh, the, the Magic built a sixteen point lead in the second quarter because the Raptors again they just the bench is just so bad, and I don't think Nick Nurse managed those rotations in a way which it kind of mitigated that. Now, granted. Part of that was, you know, Kyle Lowry not being effective. He's supposed to play with the bench. He's supposed to lead the bench unit. When the guy's zero points, you're not leading anything. So, all right. So, you know, you can't put that on Nick Nurse. But, you know, I don't think the Raptors play with the kind of intensity in, uh, to start the game. Then they eventually matched it. They went on like a 22-2 to two run over the span of two quarters between the third and the fourth. Or sorry, the second and the third to uh, retake the lead. But at the same time, um, I think... You know, Nick also kind of wasted that effort a little bit because in the second half, he didn't really adjust. The bench was still out there for extended stretches. And what I, for the life of me, I don't understand how Kawhi only played 33 minutes in tonight's game. In a game where you don't have OG Ananobi, which, um, you know, hurts your depth at power forward, so you necessarily have to extend other guys. And one of the Raptors' uh, other options at power forward is Kawhi Leonard. So, I don't understand how Kawhi somehow placed only 33. Obviously, he, he is able to play more than 33, but, you know. All right, so, I mean, I just I don't understand why Kawhi only played 33 minutes. And he sat for the first six minutes of the fourth quarter, and I'm thinking, at the, honestly, at the start of the fourth quarter, I was thinking, you know what, Nurse should really just put Kawhi in and let him play the entire fourth. But I was like, you know what, fine. You know, Kawhi kind of played most of the third, so maybe rest him for like two minutes, three minutes, like a nine-minute mark, call a timeout, get him in the game. Or just not even call a timeout, just check him into the game. He didn't, he didn't come in until six minutes left in the fourth quarter in a close game. What are you doing? What's the point of flipping a you know a, a playoff switch for Kawhi Leonard if you're going to limit him to 33 minutes? Regardless, there's that. I thought that was an error. And I also thought, okay, fine. You're going to go to your other options, which means uh, you know if you don't have OG playing power forward minutes, then you have some consequences. And those consequences are like, okay, you play your dual center lineups with Ibaka pretending to be power forward again. But like, I didn't think the Raptors ran a good offense around that, right? Uh, it was awkward to see both Ibaka and uh, Gasol operate in the middle of the floor because that's where they're comfortable. But, you know, you can't operate with two bigs like that. You need one of the bigs to step aside and stand in the corner and just space and, and run your regular stuff. So I don't think they do a good job of that. And also, you know, it's just the, the, the adjustments just... 
they were just a little bit slow. I thought my nerves. There was a little bit slow, but mostly it's the minutes and, um, you know, it's it's getting the team prepared to play. And I don't think the Raptors were fully prepared, especially that bench. Um, and then what else? I th- I thought Marcus overall did a great job defensively against Vucevic. Raptors as a game plan obviously decided to deny Vucevic. Right, so Vucevic. Um, only had 11 points on 3 of 14 shooting. He did hit a, a, a big 3 late, um, but, you know, he only hit 1-3 overall. And, again, he shot terribly from 2-point range. The Magic as a whole shot terribly from 2-point range. It's really the fact that they shot 14 of 29 for 48% from deep. That actually propelled them over the top. Also, the fact that they shot 18 of 20 from the free throw line. Raptors shot 9 of 14. Like, you can't be leaving points on the free throw line in a game like this. But regardless, um, the Raptors did a good job with their paint defense, is what I'm trying to say. And Gasol is a big reason for that. However... Late in the game, and the last possession for the Magic, um, you know, they're working pick and roll with Vucevic and DJ Augustine, and there was a there was a lapse in judgment by Marcus Saul, who you know all game was dropping back. His instinct is to drop back, and uh, you know, so the screen had gone. You know, Vucevic is rolling, and Augustine was you know sort of trying to decide what he was going to do, and Mark made the decision for him. By taking a step back, instead of coming out and approaching uh, and and denying DJ Augustine, there was like a little bit more than three seconds left on the clock. Like at that scenario, you have to come out and challenge the shot. I don't care that you don't like coming out to the perimeter. I don't care if it was a, it was a mis- it was a miscommunication, or anything. You should just know late in the game, you're switching everything, especially that late in the game. Three seconds left. Like yeah, you come up on him, and okay, if DJ dribbles by you a little bit, then you you trust your help. But ultimately, that's a six-foot point guard with a short shot clock dribbling down the lane with help. That's not a three, a six-point point guard who's been red hot all game, pulling up wide open from three because he took a step back. So I thought Mark, especially uh, on that last play, was at fault. But again, like I said, uh, Mark did play pretty good defense overall, so I don't want to you know, single him out too much. It also hurt, by the way, that um, Mark had a wide open corner three uh, on the previous possession, and he missed that, and that really did feel like the Raptors um, – you know, we're about to take the lead there. Kawhi had been playing excellent basketball throughout the game, especially when he was actually, you know, allowed to actually play in the game. Um, you know, Kawhi started out really hot, and then he finished the game really hot. He, he hit a pull-up three to get the Raptors even. He hit a baseline uh, fadeaway, MJ style, basically, to uh, give the Raptors a lead. And then, you know, he also made great plays in terms of just passing. Like, um, there's a play where uh, he got a screen from Kyle, Um you know, the, the the defense trapped Kawhi. Kawhi got rid of the ball quickly. Kyle then made a, a good pass to Gasol, who got the layup. That's probably Kyle's best offensive contribution on the night, to be honest. And um, and there was another play where, uh, yeah, I mean, Kawhi gets doubled. He passes over to Gasol wide open in the corner. Kawhi has his hands up. He's ready to celebrate, but Gasol clanks it, and he puts his arm down. And, you know, it's just it's disappointing that, that, that Kawhi's effort got wasted. It's disappointing that Pascal's effort got wasted. Um, you know, for all the talk about how you know this might not be the greatest series for him because Isaac is such an effective defender well I thought Pascal you know acquitted himself very well I mean he played 42 minutes um he shot uh 12 of 24 from the field that's not great but uh, you know I think the three-point shot is just obviously you know it's you're gonna face tighter defenses and stuff and we know Pascal's not necessarily a knockdown three-point shooter so, you know, that's a bit of variance. If he does hit one or two of those, then his efficiency all of a sudden becomes uh, very high. 
Um, but, you know, Pascal was able to at least get his offense, and I think that's going to be important for the Raptors. I don't think he should take 24 shots all the time, but the fact that he was able and confident to go at Isaac, especially after a slow start and especially when his three-point shot wasn't going, Pascal was able to drive to the rim, sort of play. You know, normally he goes to, a, to the rim, and, and, you know, it's 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 really shifty, and he does the spin moves and stuff. I thought he did a really good job of, um, you know, not necessarily going to the spin move because Isaac has sort of denied that by not giving him any contact to spin off of, um, but – Pascal did a good job of going sort of east-west, sideways, shifting around to get uh, the open shot off and to, to get a little floater off. And, I, you know, for a guy who's obviously playing a new role uh, in a difficult situation, he's he's starting, he's leading the team in minutes, um, he did really well. I mean, he you know, he had 24 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, 2 blocks, played well on both ends of the floor. So you, you can't really blame him for that. Um, you know, and, and ultimately, like I said, man, it, it just comes down to Kyle had 0 points. Like we could, we could, t- I could talk about this game in all different kinds of ways in terms of the the coverages that, that led to DJ Augustine twenty five points and you know what they did right against Vucevic and you know what they what the Raptors okay yeah okay so the Magic got a little bit lucky with some threes you know like you don't expect Mark Carr Williams to shoot sixteen percent to hit two threes but I mean all that really is just secondary it comes sec- I mean Gasol making a mistake Nurse you know, limiting Leonard's minutes all that comes secondary to Kyle having zero points like you, c- you just can't have zero points that's it like it, zero points zero zero nada nothing nil nothing Ethan Chodomeo like nothing he scored nothing right and like it's just it's crazy it's cr- I thought that um I mean I don't know it's not I ever it's not ever like I feel completely confident in Kyle in the playoffs but like you know, I thought that, okay, the last two playoff series, Kyle has actually scored like 17 points a game. You know, he's had like 62% true shooting. You know, we all know the stats, all right, because we all have been on Twitter defending Kyle for his playoff stuff because people like to crap all over Kyle. It's fine. It's fine, right? Like, you can be like, oh, but actually, you know, like he did this and this. It's like, okay, cool. But seriously, though, he did. And, and honestly, if he just gave you like 17 points on like reasonable efficiency, you'd be thrilled. I would be thrilled. I would pick the Raptors to go to the finals full stop if I could fully believe that Kyle will give me 17 points a game on 60% shooting, 60% true shooting, right? I would, I would, I would be completely confident Raptors going to the finals, but the man has zero. So, you know, I, I don't even know. And, and it just makes you feel bad because like, look, no one's going to give up on Kyle. And like I said, I, everyone should, Every Raptors fan should be a Kyle Lowry fan because of how much he sacrificed the team. We should all be behind him in the situations. You know what I mean? Like, I, even me, I'm being very critical on him. I love Kyle. Like, it's so it's so easy to root for Kyle. He made a lot of he, – he always finds a way to make plays. He's got such a big heart. But, I mean, like, you know, you can't have zero points. Like, you can't have zero points, man. So, um, you know, it's hard to watch on that perspective. And obviously, the bench is, 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 is bad. It's always bad, you know, but – it is what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of what the Raptors need to adjust going forward, like, I don't think they should change their defense too much. I do think, however, though, that they can let Vucevic have a little bit more offense because, you know, it's something I said in the preview pop with Vic. Like, I'm kind of cool with Vucevic doing his thing. Like, if he has 20 points on 50% shooting, I'm okay with that. But what I really don't want the where the variance in terms of where a team like the Magic, who you know not are not as good as the Raptors, although I, they're not a pushover either, um, 
where the variance for that team to maybe surpass the Raptors is if those three-point shooters, if their wings get hot. And you you just can't let DJ Augustine get that many open looks. You can't let – I don't think, like, the Raptors did a good job on Fournier, even though he shot 7 of 18 from the field. You can't let eight, you can't let Fournier have 18 shots. Um, and even T. Ross having an 11, like, I don't think that was necessarily good defense. Like, I think the Raptors will be better off playing a little bit more um, – aggressively on the perimeter and then you know like yeah Vucevic is going to be a problem we've seen Vucevic have 30 19 and 8 against the Raptors earlier this season but like you got to bounce it just a little bit so that you don't let the magic shoot too many threes because again that's how a bad team's going to beat a better team you see it in NCAA all the time you know like a, the inferior team takes more threes they get hot and then all of a sudden that erases a lot of things you know so um it's obviously a frustrating result. It's a really frustrating game. I thought the atmosphere of the game was good. I thought people felt confident. There wasn't too much nerves in the arena. I mean, like, I remember when Kawhi hit those two jumpers to give the Raptors a lead in the fourth quarter, then the final minute. I just remember letting out, like, an evil cackle, uh, knowing that, um, yeah, we have, you know, Kawhi Leonard, and it's going to be uh, smooth sailing, and, and he's going to ultimately bail us out. But, you know, the Raptors made too many errors. And, again, man, has zero points, so... Terms of your three stars, given the first star to Kawhi, 25 points, six rebounds, three assists. In 33 minutes, 10 of 18 shooting, three of five from deep, two of three from the free throw line. I did find it a little bit interesting that the Magic um, were able to defend so effectively without getting any foul calls. Um, I'm generally not someone that's going to complain too much about foul calls in the playoffs just because it is a different level of physicality. However, it's like if the whole entire playoffs is going to be guys putting two hands on Kawhi's back and then getting away with it and stuff, then that's not going to favor the Raptors at all. And I think at some point, Nick Nurse needs to campaign for the fact that the Raptors only shot 14 free throws. They only shot five in the first half. Um, and, you know, it's not like the Magic were playing that much more aggressively and they got 20. So, um, you know, if Terrence Ross can flop his way to the free throw line, then Kawhi Leonard should be at least getting a fair share of calls. Him only taking three free throws today is ridiculous. Um, you know, Kawhi gets the first star. Second star, giving that to Pascal. Um, you know, again, he's usually more efficient than scoring 24 points on 12 of 24 shooting. Um, but he did chip in with nine rebounds, four assists, a steal, two blocks. And he did carry the Raptors in the scoring for a lot of long stretches. And he had to overextend himself because OG's been out by playing 42 minutes. So, you know, a, a, a great effort by Pascal. It does, definitely does ease some fears about how he's going to, uh, how his improvements are going to translate to the playoffs. If he can consistently do this, then the Raptors are in a good spot. And then third star, I'm going to Kyle. No, I'm kidding. Um... <laughs> I'll give it to Gasol for his defense. 13 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, mostly it's holding Busevich to 3 of 14. But I will say that he did make that crucial error on Augustine at the end. But, you know, it's not a lot of good, great performance to pick out. Like, Danny was a little bit sloppy, uh, surprisingly. Normally he makes great decisions. I thought some of his passes today were bad. And also he got picked off by Fournier late in the game, which, you know, led to a bucket. Um, you know, I thought Ibaka was good on the glass, but... Ultimately, you know, it's whatever. And then Van Vliet had 14 points in 27 minutes, but he was also at minus 16. It didn't really do a great job of running the offense. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the Raptors should play better. It's annoying that the last game won. They're probably in for another tough series where it's probably going to go six games. Um, as I mentioned in the preview podcast, I thought Raptors in five was the most likely outcome with Raptors in six being the second most likely outcome. So it's not entirely unpredicted, uh, unexpected, but at the same time, you know, it's it's a little, it is a little bit disappointing with how much expectations were coming in, how much people talked about flipping a playoff switch. This team not flipping that switch tonight, so it was annoying. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, um, I got to give that to 
I got to give it to Michael Carter-Williams. Um, the fact that he scored 10 points off the bench is just killer because, again, the guy shoots 33% from the field and 16% um, from the three-point line. And so the fact that he had four of eight from the field and two of three from the three-point line is an exceptional game for MCW. And it does hurt you because, again, you're, the Raptors are leaving this guy open by design. And if he hits those, then that is a big problem. And then my buddy Josh also suggested that I should, just for the playoffs, introduce the DeMar Rosen Award. Now, I thought this was a bit mean-spirited um, because, uh, you know, DeMar is a great Raptor. And, you know, he came up short in the playoffs. It's not really fair to label him such. Um, but I, the, I guess the spirit of the DeMar Rosen Award is the player who – um, maybe tensed up for the Raptors in the moment. I'm going to change the name to the Patrick Patterson Award just because it also applies to Pat and it's not as demeaning to DeMar because I really don't think DeMar should catch this many strays. But uh, the Pat Patterson Award goes to Kyle Lowry, obviously, today. Zero points, man. And I don't care about the plus minus. Like, for real, like, when you watch this game, he wasn't even involved in most of the possessions. He just happened to be on the floor for plus 11. And, like, you know... It, 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 if you want to defend Kyle, you could maybe interpret it like, oh, you know, he made sure the ball went to here and here. No, no, no. He wasn't even making a lot of these plays either. So it was um, it was a disappointing night, and hopefully the Raptors are, are better uh, going forward. But uh, it's incredible how much things don't change. Anyway, um, thanks, everyone, for listening to the podcast. The podcast will continue throughout the playoffs. Um, there will be live shows. Uh, I'm not exactly sure about the plan of all of them going forward, but if they will be one, I will be retweeting on my timeline. And, you know, honestly, whatever positive or negative feedback you have on the live show, just please feel free to hit me up on Twitter about it. Um, And, you know, as for the reaction podcast, it'll definitely be here uh, when uh, the Raptors are on the road. It might be a little bit harder for me to record these when the Raptors are at home, but, um, you know, it depends. If it's an important game, I'll probably record it. So, Please follow along on Raptors Over Everything. Um, we can commiserate together. We can, you know, collectively wear this egg on our faces. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it sucks to feel like this. But, you know, the Raptors are still, to keep some perspective, the Raptors are still the better team, and they should still win the series. But, um, yeah, you know, you, take, you tip your hat to the magic, right? Like we see now. They're not a, they're not some sort of pushover and you and and for anybody who has been naive enough to think that just because Raptors got a couple more players that the that the playoffs will be easy the playoffs are never easy they're never easy so um one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Just, just be happy when the Raptors get through, no matter how many games it takes. Just be happy the Raptors advance. That's the whole thing. So 
Losing game one sucks. I'll be back game two. Um, you can read 10 things. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.